Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. So glad that you could join us today. Today, I have a special new friend. His name is Ryan Belts. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Hi, Nelia. Good. Good. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you today. So Ryan is an entrepreneur. He's a Reiki master and father of two boys. Um, he helps people just like me and you heal and achieve the lives that we really want and that we dream of. So I think this is amazing. I am so excited to be speaking with Ryan today. I really think he's going to be helping a lot of the listeners. So yeah, I'm excited to have you. Good. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan will be speaking to us today about his healing journey, um, his recovery, some energy healing, and of course, a little bit about his network marketing business and how he was a contestant on the Play to Win season two reality show with Jessica and Ray Higdon. So our show is all about, you know, how we have to give to ourselves so that we can in turn give and heal other people. So I guess my first question Ryan to you would be what has been the biggest gift that you've given to yourself that you think changed perhaps like the trajectory of your story or maybe made you feel a little bit different about yourself wow that's that's it's a big one but really really it's kind of multifaceted but it comes down to self-worth um you know they're they're whether it's through so I'm a recovering heroin addict so through recovery, you know, there was a lot of that self-judgment, that that stigma that follows that, you know, that self-shaming. Um, leading into my addiction, I had a lot of self-worth issues. So really just just that ability to be okay with with who I am and where I'm at and being comfortable in my own skin has been the greatest gift. Oh, I love that. It, it's, it's tough to do, you know, but I'm so glad when people take the time to really figure out who they are and start their journey. And the journey is different for everybody. So I would love to learn a little bit more more about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Um, so without without diving too much into you know the war stories of addiction and cliff notes are I grew up you know in a loving family. I didn't have that troubled childhood, but I did have this this lack within myself that I needed to to prove something. Right, I needed to figure out who I was, what I was early on. Um, and I kind of isolated from my family and went, did my own thing that way. And it led me down a lot of dark paths, you know, which led me to, I, I dropped out of high school my junior year, finished through an online school. Then I went to school for music for a semester. And that's where I really found drugs. Um, and then that didn't work out. So I started shaming myself more. 
because I had to drop out of school once again, you know, and I really beat myself up and I got, got really angry, um, you know, at myself and my situation. And I took a leap and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to join the military to do my, you know, get my act together and, and really straighten things out. Um, so, so about a year into the military, I got into some trouble Let my anger get the best of me. I was in a fight with my, um, you know, the people in charge of my unit and stuff like that. And it just led me back home. So once I got home, I was super angry. I did nothing to help myself. And I just kind of dove into that, that pit of self-loathing and self-destruction. And with it between, you know, using the doctors and my knee surgery and stuff as, as a crutch to, you know, get the drug that I was actually addicted to, it really just kind of let me run from all the pain I had created in my own life of, of hating myself, essentially. Um, so, so about eight years of addiction after I got back from the military was really just that point where I didn't care if I lived or died. I didn't care whatever I wanted the struggle to be over. Um, so then, you know, family, I went in and out of rehabs and I started learning some things, even though I was kind of faking it to make it, but I started picking up on different things in recovery. I made some really great friends in recovery. I had some clean time and then, you know, because I didn't heal the things inside, the same type of situations kept rearing their ugly head. So I was using again, I'd be, you know, isolated, I'd just get around the wrong people. And I'd keep doing the same things I was doing that led me to that place. Um, so I'd, I had overdosed a couple times. And, you know, gratefully, I I've survived that and made it through. Um, but after my second time through rehab, they had offered me a job. But when I went to transfer everything over, instead of a job, I got handed a folder with new charges that instead I got to go to prison. So it was a huge, huge, huge test, right? Of, am I ready to be clean? Am I ready for my recovery? And I wasn't at that time because I absolutely went the wrong way with it, right? I should have just taken my licks and done that, but I went on one last hoorah. And, um, you know, it's sentencing day for court. I even ran from the courthouse. And I was running from life, you know, I wasn't running from the responsibility or accountability of what I'd done wrong. I got in trouble for selling heroin one time. Uh, so delivery of heroin, I was looking at 17 and a half years in prison. So with that over my head, I was thinking, and for the whole time, you know, life was really unfair. Life was happening to me. I was, no, I just got, you know, it was all my choices that was doing it. But it came to a point when I was on the run that I just kind of saw myself in the mirror. And I had, I had, you know, one of my friends overdose three times that one week and that same week. And I just kind of looked at myself, I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Right. This is, this is not living. This is barely existing. Um, and, and it was kind of that, that, that ultimate turning point right there when I was staring at myself in the mirror, like you have two options, you own up to it and get yourself better or you're going to die. And for the first time I cared if I lived or died to get out of this. Um, so I turned myself into the authorities. I ended up getting sentenced to 18 months in prison. And I told myself, if I don't come out any better than when I went in, then I wasted all of that time. So while I was in, I spent every, every day in the library, the gym and working on my recovery. So I was able to get uh, five and a half more months of alcohol and drug, um, therapy and treatment. 
I was able to get my body back in shape and where it needed to be. And I was able to get my mind right. So I was diving into whether it was different spiritual beliefs, I was diving into different psychologies, you know, I was reading novels and things. I was trying to learn about what I could do to help myself, right? And become the best version of me with the limited resources I had. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. I had had two bouts of rehab. All I knew is I needed to change my life and where it started was changing everything, right? So, so I, I took an approach on life and I absolutely took accountability. I owned up to all my actions, my wrongdoings. And I also owned up to it to where they wanted to send me to jail. And I said, can you send me to prison so I can at least work on myself? You know, because there's resources there. There's a full library. There, there was the treatment program and, and they granted that to me and I'm forever grateful for that. But the biggest thing with it was taking control, not control, but taking ownership of my own life and getting back in the driver's seat and, and being like, okay, I made some really bad decisions and they had some really bad outcomes. What can happen if I make some really good decisions? And I've stood on that and I've worked from that ever since, whether it's different coachings through spiritual practices, whether it was finding Reiki to you know help with my anger problems my other physical ailments that one time led me back to pills and stuff like that because I have bad knees from my military service. You know, it, it was all a reason to go backwards at a certain time in my life. And now, now at that point, it was all a reason to get better. It was all a reason to learn how I can do these things naturally, right? And, and it was realizing that I was hiding behind chemicals and I was hiding from my own life and my own self behind these chemicals. And frankly, I never want one again, because I've found who I am. I've found ways that align with my energy, the way I believe in things, you know, we're, we're much more powerful than we've ever been taught or led to believe. And, and that, that doesn't mean we have superpowers, but we absolutely have the power to change our trajectory. We have the power to change our mindsets. We have the power to change everything. Like we can create the life we want, but the biggest thing behind it is our own false beliefs. And, and, and I've been, been gifted with a chance to peel them all back one by one. Not everybody gets the chance to sit in prison for 18 months and really get to know yourself, right? Not many people take the opportunity of that time to, to really sit with yourself. I'm sorry, that was the best time I ever could get into meditation. I started yoga, I started meditation, all those things. And it all started as a way to escape my current reality because I didn't like sitting in, in those walls or, or being surrounded by that fence. But I did like the, the possibility to escape it for a little bit while doing something good for myself. And what happened was that it opened the best box ever and it keeps giving these gifts of meditation, mindset, growth, and that personal development. And I couldn't be more grateful for where I've been or the struggle I've went through because now I have the ability to share that with other people and help them get there too. And that to me is the biggest gift I could ever do with the lessons I've learned. And if I don't do that, then I wasted the opportunity even more. I wholeheartedly feel that. Wow. So even though you were behind bars, it sounds like you were freer in that 18 months than you had allowed yourself to be for a long time. Pretty much my whole life. Yeah. That's, I found freedom when it was all taken away from me. Hmm. And it, it was the most fun I never want to have again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, the way you put that. <laughs> oh, my God. And, you know, I have 
Um, I know of, uh, I have a few friends who um, tell me similar stories where they said, wow, you don't want to go to prison, but honestly, it saved my life, you know, because, and it's what yeah. you do with it. A lot of people go and they don't do anything with it. But if you can take that time like like you did, that's that's great. I'm really I'm really happy that you were able to do you know that they granted that for you, right? So you said the turning point there was kind of like when your friend overdosed that those three times in that week. That's when you said, "Hey, what am I doing?" Is it? Do you think because you could see it from the other side, looking at your friend, like and having that happen to him over and over? So so yeah, I think it was kind of being on that that external chair of seeing the same insanity that I was putting myself through. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'd gone through rehab before and, and I'd get out arrogant thinking, well, now I know these tricks, I can control my addiction. Right. Well, that's not, that's not how it works. You know, the chemical just, just your body wants more and more of it. When, when you're, when you're wired to be addicted to a certain chemical, it doesn't matter what tricks or what self-control things you have. It's going to want more and more of it. So I'd, I'd trick myself that way, but really watching that insanity, like he was trying to kill himself. And though I had never directly thought I was trying to kill myself, I had realized that's exactly what I was doing, you know? And the worst part was he was so mad at me for, for saving his life that he called the cops on me to let them know where I was while I was on the run. Mm. Cause I had separated myself with him. I was, I went home to my mom's house one last night before I turned myself in great graciously. She let me, you know, come back home one night. I saw the family. I had a home cooked meal or we ordered pizza or whatever the heck it was. But it was that first time that even with all of my family or my mom and my sister who were here, that they saw me take accountability and responsibility for what I had done. They're probably pretty proud of you at that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it also showed me that there's hope that I didn't burn every bridge. Right. But I also knew that a few wrong steps would have burned it down completely. But you must have been terrified you know, at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but and it, and it was it was it was a it was for a very long time, the scariest part of my life. You know, a lot of people don't experience those things. And a lot of those things became normal to me, right? Like whether it was seeing needles around or whether it was seeing people half dead on the couch and you don't know if they're sleeping or, or, or on their way out or you see people that are malnourished, you know, and people that just don't care about themselves than me being one of them. You know, like for three, three years straight, I can tell you that my diet was apples and chocolate milk. It's not balanced. It's not everything you need, but that's all I could really crave or appetite could really get down. Um, and, and actually my body wanted. So, so it's just, and then from watching my body go through that and then getting clean and watching my body change again, um, it got me really interested into natural health, natural healing, you know, holistic nutrition, things like that. And then after I got out of prison, I couldn't eat beef or pork without getting deathly ill. So it just all kind of aligned into the direction I'm heading now. It's interesting. Um, yeah. And, and it, and in the whole thing, it was kind of a spiritual awakening. It was a mental awakening. It was an empowering, you know, journey. And it was, it was probably looking back, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, the most rewarding that thing that ever happened to me, but it allowed me to build a foundation on the strongest place. And that was rock bottom, right? The, 
won't sink. It won't go anywhere from that. But from there, I've built the foundation in which my life is now. And not many people get that chance to, to stop before it's too late. Mm-hmm. You know, I've lost far too many friends. I've been to more funerals than I've been to weddings and I'm only 31 years old. That's not okay with me. But the fact that I'm able to, you know, still be here and share my story, I look, take it as a chance to walk back into that same hell I lived with buckets of water. Mm. because I want to see more people turn their lives around. I know these people don't want these drugs. They're not, they may talk like they're, they're partying or hiding or it's a cool thing, but they just don't like feeling their own life, but you don't have to feel alone in it and you don't have to feel stuck, but we do have to teach everybody that they're all mindsets and they're all choices. Yeah. Cause I found it interesting what you said before when you said, you know, you grew up in a, in a great home and a good childhood and you still didn't feel like you were good enough. Right. So it's, it, it's hard. Like yep. I grew up as well in a very loving home and also felt that, you know, didn't love myself and all these things and not because there weren't loving people around me. It's just the way that I felt, you know, and Absolutely. addiction does come. It's, it's like a consequence of something else. Right. So how you were saying when you went into rehab and it didn't work for you at first because you weren't really treating the reason why you got there. Because the problem isn't really the addiction. It's what happened to get you, like how you're feeling. Right. Right. So I'm so glad that, you know, it's bad that we have to go through these things in order to hit rock bottom to turn our lives around. But look at all that you've done since. Like, amazing. I would love to... You know, if there's somebody out there right now who's going through what you're going through and, you know, and if you are addicted to something, it is hard to get help because you're in the moment. You just want more and more. You don't really want to be helped. You're enjoying it in that moment, right? So when you actually see that, like you did from the outside in and and that moment comes, you know, reach out for anybody that is there, you know, just, you know, I can't wait to hear, um, you know, a little bit more about what you did and how, and this healing journey that you were on. Cause you know, I think you can really help a lot of people out there that don't know how to start and they don't know where to turn to, you know, and if you can do it and been through all that, like you can teach anybody, you know? Well, thank you. Um, but, but no, and, and really it comes down to, you know, there's so many people you talk to, we've all been through something. But then all of a sudden, there's some people that thing is it comes down to how you're feeling. We were never taught to sit with our emotions. We were taught okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. It's not okay to not know why you are. It's not okay to stay that way. But no, not enough people have been taught and not enough people have enough stillness within themselves to even sit with it. And it's not a matter of somebody's doing something wrong or we don't have that. We've all been, we've all been in situations where our schedule has kicked our ass hands down our schedule is far too busy than what our actual psyche needs but there are ways where we can fill in five minutes of just turn everything off sit in stillness just be in the quiet five ten minutes and i swear to god it's like a nap you know you you get Mm -hmm. re-energized all that stimulation all those little things don't eat at you and and the biggest problem i've seen in healing is people look at where they want to be right and, and they look at the fastest way to get there and they think it's a big jump. 
right? And it's the same thing with whether you're trying to lose weight. It's the same thing whether you're trying to, you know, fix your credit it's, or your financial situation. Everybody wants that big jump, quick fix, but those things don't last because you're putting a Band-Aid on a symptom and not the cause, right? And that's, and that's what led me to, to Reiki is I found a lot of internal healing through, through my own struggles, whether it was, you know, through child support or through, through debts that I accrued through my addiction, there was that anger coming back, even though I was clean, there was those things because there were certain situations I still felt like life was happening to me, right? So even after getting clean, there was still a transitional period of, of where all of life could be seen through this new, new filter, we'll call it, right? This new perspective. So, so different things would trigger things that I hadn't addressed yet, which everybody knows little things, you know, pile up. And then one little thing not even related and you blow up on your cat or your kid or your spouse, whatever it is, and they didn't deserve it and you didn't mean to do it. We know that they might not have known that, but hopefully you cleared that, that air, but it's the same thing within your own self. And, and so when I was in the prison library and I was looking, reading those books, I had found, you know, different holistic practices and whether it was massage, cause, cause I, you know, addictions, they attack the nervous system. And there's also a, like from opiate addiction, there's a two year period of clean, of absolute abstinence where your brain is actually rewiring to a normal running, running stage or phase or, or, or conditions. So, so during that time, I found Reiki while I was in the library and it was like a two page excerpt on it. And I instantly just had this, this feeling come over me. I have to learn that. And it wasn't anything I knew about it. It wasn't anything like I need to learn how to do that. And it was just kind of this internal like calling that, that led me there. And I'll tell you, I was attuned and a Reiki one practitioner and a Reiki two practitioner before I ever received a Reiki treatment. And it's very unheard of. It's very uh, unorthodox or how we came about it. But it was just kind of something inside me that said I needed to heal something in me or I needed to get it out there and help other people do it as well. It was just something that that internal compass I could not ignore and I could not say no to. And that's what led me to Reiki. And then once I started, you know, I was working landscaping jobs and different odd jobs after prison. And one thing led to another. And it was finally like, you know what? I was a Reiki two practitioner. I was, you know, about six months out from taking my master classes so that I could teach. And I'm like, no, I'm going to start. I'm going to start working for myself. And I'm going to work my own dream from here on out. That's incredible. Good for you. So I started, you know, started with Reiki and then it led into, um, you know, some CBD sales. And then that also, and then I was in uh, certification courses to learn holistic nutrition, which, which then Kaizen, my youngest was born. So don't enroll in schools right after, you know, getting into the single parenting thing on this. Uh, it was, it was awful timing, but I learned a lot. I have the information and health and fitness and all of that will always be a passion of mine and healing will always be a passion of mine but right now the thing that needs healing in my family is our financial situation so so it led me to to network marketing to subsidize things with the reiki on the side and i started with health products right so i sold superfoods at the time and it complemented everything i was doing 
but it also taught me that a lot of the skills I learned when I was using and selling drugs, I could use for good once again. Like I could network. I, I don't know a better networker than somebody's looking for, for the best drugs in town. You know, to make, to make a bad thing funny, that, that's <laughs> yes. what it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, but it, it's just a matter of like those, not everything from those years have to be wasted. And I found that with network marketing, right? And no one's going to come kick my door and no one's going to come take me to jail. And for once, I can actually go around the, the community and say, I have something to offer that can help people. So it went from health products. And now with, with the way of the world and the, after the show, I just kind of really sat with myself. What do I need to do to take myself to the next level? And that is, I need to clear my money block. So I got into, still with network marketing, but I got into a Forex company. Um, so they teach how to Forex trade in the currency market. And then we, we bring people into that, that education. And just that little bit alone of taking that investment in myself has let me get rid of my hatred for money for one. So if you hate money, you're never going to have more of it. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. And I hated it for a long time because I needed it to dig out of my hole. Well, I didn't have it. Right. But that's why I struggled with it longer is because it is a tool, right? It's a tool so that when we have it, we can do more. We can give more back. We can, we can not finally get away from the dinner table of saying, you know what, if I had this, I'd change this in the world. And we can actually get off our butts and do something about it. Yeah, I love that because so many people associate with, you know, the more money you have, the more you're worth. And it's just not right. <laughs> it's right. just, you know, it, I, it really. I read, a, I read a quote the other day that said, honor, honor is not the reward for, for how much you've received, but it happens to be the gift for how much you gave. Yes, I love that. You know, some of the richest people I, I've met are are without shelter without Absolutely. food you know and it's true how um this sounds like a really good fit for you though that sounds great uh it's 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 absolutely changed changed my life and since the show so so i somehow i took all the chances i could to grow with getting into network marketing so i was in network marketing five or six months before before the auditions for the reality show came out Okay. And, and my, my upline who introduced me to network marketing, she just really believed me. She said, you should, you should audition for it. She was on season one, Jenny Glazer, bless her heart. And she, um, you know, kind of encouraged me to do it. And I got on, which was amazing in a sense of like, holy crap, what is this? Does this real life pinch me? You know, <laughs> but, but what it did is it put me it put me in a position I would never be or never have dreamed of five years prior, right? I'd never dreamed I'd be on a reality show unless it was locked up abroad or something. So <laughs> for those, <laughs> yeah, the world's toughest prisons, right? <laughs> I love that show. Never mind. <laughs> but, you know, for those people who are listening who don't know what we're talking about. So, um, so Jessica and Ray Higdon of the Higdon Group um, did um, hosted season two of a show called Play to Win, and this was about how to show up in your life and play to win in life, right? So, um, okay. So then you were one of the how many contestants were there? I believe it was twenty six or seven of us. 
Yes. I'm not sure how many auditioned, but there was a lot more than that who auditioned. So, so like my five months in, I was like to the moon, like, oh yeah, I hit the big time. But what I did was hit the biggest growth patch I could have ever stumbled on. Right. Um, because, because through, through rehabs, recovery and all of this, I had to quit the fluff, right? I had to quit telling stories with, with the exciting details and the stuff that might distract you if I was you know, BSing you is what people would say in, in the recovery is we have to get rid of that so that we can learn how to be honest again, because we, we were king manipulators or queen manipulators, whatever, you know, he or she did. So I had taken that probably far too literally and, and I lived my parole rules and all of that by the book. And I kept going after I had cleared all of that, but what it did was kept me in a box. Right. And it kept me kept me keeping my mouth shut more when when I wanted to speak up and when there was more I could be doing or making a difference. I didn't because because what would what would people think of me being the recovering addict in a small town where people don't change? You know, and that was just my mindset. And I had put myself in that box. Well, on that show, I got in that interview room for about 37 seconds. It felt like I was back in an interrogation room. Right. And then. And then they cracked me open. Like it didn't show it on the show as much just because it wasn't so substantial on camera. But what that show gave me, it literally has, has excelled me personally in life with my kids, with my family, my business, my online business and my network marketing it is, has grown four or five times in just whatever. And we've launched this new, this new move I launched this month alone. And my, my business is four times bigger than it ever was before the show. And what so was super... it about the show that you think changed that? Because, because for a long time, we all think that, that we need somebody to tell us that we're worth more or that, that someone else needs to hear what we're saying. No one's going to know if they need to hear what we're saying until we start saying it, right? Don't wait for permission to be great. Mm, start I love being that. great today. I love that. That's got to be your quote. Come on. That's going to be awesome. I love it. Yeah. And that, that's the biggest thing is, is quit waiting because the only thing you're going to wait on is your own success. I love that. Don't wait right. to be and, great. Right. I'd never heard that before. <laughs> I haven't either. And, and really rare. Ray Higdon and Jessica Higdon, it made them or anything, all that came thanks to them. So it's, but better yet, it didn't happen until I started taking chances and investing into myself to see that I could do more, you know, even in my own life, right? That self-confidence is built not, and here's the thing, people are like, when I start seeing some wins, I'll get my self-confidence built up. Like, listen, you'll, you'll get your self-confidence built up when you take one step and it works out. You know, you, we create our confidence by, and, and that's the biggest thing is now I can't wait till the next time I'm nervous about something I shouldn't do it because mm. I'm scared to do it. I'm absolutely going to do it because it's growth, right? That that's Love where that. I get to see what I'm made of. So it's just a huge mindset ch change to where life is happening to me. And I'm about to happen to life. Oh, I love that. So somebody listening right now, um, who needs an intro a quick introduction to what can they do today what would be the first step you think what is the one small thing that they can do so that they can feel like they're moving forward there's probably a few steps but the first thing you have to do 
is I don't care who you are. There's something, there's something that needs some sort of attention, some sort of healing, right? Whether we're too selfish or stingy with money, whether we're, we're kind of abrasive in how we talk to people, whether there's something there, right? No matter how big or how small. So the first step in it is being open to the fact that somebody might be able to help you. Because a lot of us are so prideful, right? We want, we don't want those handouts. We don't want those, those somebody to think we're weak or something like this. But I'll tell you, the strongest people I've ever met are the ones who can admit when they're broken and the ones who admit when they need self-work. Because you don't have to have it all together every day, but you have to want to be better every day. So just that openness of wanting more and wanting to change and being open to maybe something you haven't heard before, whether it's, you know, everybody goes to the doctor for, for a pill to fix this and that. I don't know. I've read a few things where quit prescribing things just because we're dehydrated, right? A lot of our things is we could drink more water. A lot of those things. So, so the, my biggest thing is if you think there's nothing to heal, then I challenge you to go walk around your yard on the grass barefoot, 45 minutes. If it's not too cold, where like by me, it's cold as crap. So don't do it there. But, but, if, but if it's cold and your feet are going to freeze off, then do a 10 minute in silence and just sit there. And if you can sit there through the 10 minutes without getting antsy, then you're probably on a really good path to, to being pretty balanced right now. And there might be some issues that show up later. But if you think of, well, I got the dishes to do and I got laundry to do and there's all this other thing to do for those 10 minutes, if you can't give yourself that, there's probably something to be addressed, right? And if you do have the climate where you can go do some grounding, if you can walk outside for a half hour, 45 minutes, and you don't feel better when you came in, don't listen to a word I said, because I guarantee you, because just that fresh air, that connecting to where we originally, you know, connect with that energy of the earth and the plants and us, no matter your belief, we all came from, from somewhere connected, right? So connect, get away from your phone for a little bit, get away from your to-do list for a little bit, and just be with yourself. If you don't have anything to heal, great. You might next week, next month, next whatever, right? But just that openness to check in with yourself is the biggest and best step you can start with no matter where you're at on that journey. Because the only people that don't heal ever are the ones that think they don't have to. And that's all in the mind. And right there, I would, like if you, I don't know that I know anybody who could say they didn't have anything that needed healing. That would be their problem right there. Like, you know what I mean? Pride and arrogance is what it is. And that right there would highlight something if they're ready to see it. So that's why I say just be open, right? There was a lot of things that, that were pushed at me that didn't work for me, whether it was AA and NA, they're all great programs and meetings. They didn't resonate with personally. There's nothing against them. I just needed to do more for me. So that meant being open, right? So, so whether it's in business, whether it's in life or whether it's in healing, be open and be okay with not knowing it all. Yeah. Cause you don't have to take the same path as somebody else. You just have to start some kind of path, you know? Right. The only person who's not taking a path is the one who hasn't taken a step. That's right. You know, it's just, how do you feel about Ryan now? Uh, uh, he's actually my best friend. Um, 
I make myself proud all the time. There's still times I get hard on myself, but that's a little bit of perfectionism I'm working on, you know, because I used to be lack of effort and still wanted it perfect. So it wouldn't happen. Now it's like I, I'm hypercritical on certain things. So that, so there's still things I'm working on. But I absolutely trust myself like I never did before. I love myself because I know what I can do and where I've been and where I'm going. And I also know why I've done it. It's because there's something more I need to do here. Right. And I'm fortunate enough to still be here, even though whether it was drugs or just, you know, crashing my bike or whatever dumb thing I did as a young boy, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm not going to waste any more time of that. And even if I have a down day, I don't look at myself as, you know, I'm a piece of crap or I'm anything like that. I think out of anything at the end of the day, if you don't have anyone around you, you need to be the best company you have. Right. So, so be your biggest cheerleader, be your biggest, best friend. Right. If you don't have anybody to go out to lunch to go out to lunch by yourself and have a great time because you deserve it. Right. Go do what you want to do. I'm not saying go, go do something that overextends your budget. I'm not saying go do something that, that is materialistic like that, but do something that makes you happy because no one else is going to say, Hey, why don't you, why don't you go just have a day for yourself? Right. I know. And, and those days are amazing. Right. Right. But you, but, and we need to do that. Right. And so my biggest thing anymore is self-love is self-discipline. And I went a really long time without self-discipline. So if I need a down day or I need a recharge day, I don't get hard on myself if I have to take it. And I'm going to tell you right now, every single person on this planet needs one of those every once in a while. Absolutely. So, so I love me. I love where I'm going and I love where I've been even. You know? Such a great mentor, you know, you really are because there's a lot of people out there who need somebody who's been through it. You know, like there's no point in teaching something if you haven't had any hardships, like nobody's going to really believe you, you know, and the fact that you can talk from experience and you can show people, look, this is how I felt before. And this is how I feel about myself. Now there's your testimonial, you know, you don't need more proof than that. Right. So I think your message is, is fantastic. And I love that you're sharing that with everybody and, you know, good job. I just met you, but I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to even come on here and share it. Like uh, Kyle, Kyle, you know, referred me to you and I, I've just been excited since. So it's great. Oh, that's absolutely great. Awesome. I think we have something else in common behind you. I see a guitar. Yes. I've played since I was uh, 15. Oh, cool. And is that a keyboard I see back there? It also is. I use that for, uh, I'm terrible on the piano, but I use that for the, the drum beats and the different oh, tempos awesome. and and stuff so sounds great so you write your you write some music or play around yeah yeah that's that's my that's my self-therapy i'm uh, i have a few um you know little clips on my facebook stuff but that whole stage fright thing so it's always yes. been my thing um <laughs> but but i'm trying to you know really do that whole thing and, and live out loud more so i do want to you know at least not necessarily showcase it but but be vulnerable enough to share that with people and be real enough to to you know share those things because for a long time i didn't do that and then through my addiction i didn't even play right yeah. so i'm grateful now you that miss that you miss that part of yourself you know 
Like I suffer yeah. from um, anxiety and depression and PTSD. And we also play like our family. Uh, we, I play sax and I play some R&B and I've played a little bit of guitar and a little bit of piano. My son yeah, played uh, professionally for a little bit. And, um, you know, that's the one thing that got me out of depression and anxiety and all that stuff in your head and is my music, yeah. you know. It doesn't matter if you're not good at it. It's like, if I can't exactly. draw, I don't care. It's the act of the art of drawing. Right. So it's for me, getting it out, letting it release. Right. Yes. Um, and that's what it's always been for me. And, and I think that's something that a lot of us need to get back into creating, no matter what it is to you, whether you want to bend some metal, blow, blow a glass of ace or, or do whatever, like we were meant to create something, right. We were meant, meant to use our brains in that fun way. Well, I want to put out an invitation. Um, my family and I, we went to Guatemala in March and we started a music program down there. It's a ukulele project. And so, we want to do more of that. So if we go down again, I'm definitely going to put out an okay. invitation. If you want to come out and join us, you can play some guitar and hang out with some of the kids. And it's an awesome experience. Definitely keep me in the loop for that. That would be amazing. It's so much fun. I've got, um, if you amazing. go on my website, I've got a little two minute video and you can see us there and kind of, you know, mm -hmm. dancing with the little kids. And it was just, it was phenomenal, like way to give back to. So I love that. I love that. We've got a bit of music there in common. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely love that. I'm definitely going to, definitely going to do be open to that when it, when it comes up. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so where can we find you? You know, if somebody says, Hey, oh my God, I resonate with this guy so much. I need, I need yeah, some so advice. I'm I need on, some help. Right. So I'm on Facebook, just as me, Ryan Belts, uh, R-Y-A-N-B-E-L-T-Z. And I'm also on Instagram, Ryan.Belts. Uh, same spelling. Um, but that's all I have set up right now. I'm still in the works for other websites, things like that. Um, but I'm always available to reach out, chat, whatever it is. Um, I have a lot of people that just, you know, ask me questions about recovery, different things I've done, different whatever. I'm always open to chat. If I don't get to you right away, it's not because I don't want to. <laughs> you know, it's just because we're all very, very busy. So, so yeah, um, those are the best ways because I'm always working through there. So Right. That's awesome. And, I, you know, just to go back to something you said really quick, you said, you know, we all have trouble with schedule. Um, but yeah, you know, we choose what we're, we're busy with and we can all find five or 10 minutes a day. Like I don't, you know, I'm super busy. I work 80 hour weeks and I have a family and all this stuff that I like to do, but can, I yep. can find five, 10 minutes a day, you know? So yeah. we need to Absolutely. prioritize what we spend our time on, honestly. Yeah. And it's all a choice. Like, yes, we have responsibilities. But what are we doing to to help ourselves, you know, achieve all of those responsibilities to the best of our nature or the best of our ability, right? I don't get the best sleep. I have a, I have a two year old and I'm working an online business while I have him 50% or more of the time. Yeah. So he goes to bed. I stay up late and I get up early with him. But I take those times when he takes a nap and I meditate and I and I eat right and I and I work out. So I have that energy coming from other sources as well right? Because we have to do, we have to play to our schedule, but you can clear five minutes. I don't care if it's before bed, you wake up five minutes earlier and do a morning one, you can clear five minutes. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know about you, but I find that I'm such a better parent when I take that time for myself. 
You know, people just Absolutely. like to be around me more. <laughs> Crazy concept. It's amazing. <laughs> I know my son can instantly tell when I come home. He's like, oh, it's one of those days, you know. I think you should take a few minutes to like. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take my few minutes, you know. And he's like, thank you for doing that. So, hey. <laughs> hey, that awareness is awesome. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to meet you. And I hope you, I hope we can meet one day in person and maybe do, you know, connect through music. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had an absolute blast and I look forward to hearing more about the, the ukulele program and, and everything else. Yeah. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, you know, I've been meeting these, these people and their stories and what they're doing with, you know, they never cease to amaze me. It's like what you're doing with what you learned. And it wasn't like, it's not like, okay, you needed money and somebody gave you money and you fixed your life. It was you. It was you working hard. You know, it was, it was all you. So, right. th you know, kudos, right? Like that's congrats. You do. That's great. You're going to live the second part of your life. Like amazing. Thank you so much. It means so much, and I hope to hear from you, anybody else who's listening. I'm happy to hear from anybody. Like, seriously, the the connections I've made on this journey since since changing, making these changes, that's what it's all about. Like, like we're we're stronger together. It doesn't mean we all need to be in the same room every damn day, right? But yeah, but we can build these bonds and really lift each other up and have that support across the, across the whole globe that way. You know, we have a beautiful gift with the internet. We have a beautiful gift mm -hmm. with entrepreneurship and all of these podcasts that can really help us. So yeah, if it's not me, reach out to somebody else. Somebody can help somebody with something. We've all been through something or another. Like it's, it's just amazing. The, the potential that just social media has given us. It's true. To connect and find those relationships and those people we can learn and build with, you know, and not just in a business sense. It's like some of my best friends I have yet to meet in person. Oh, I love that. It's so, true. It's true. Like, I just feel like, like this show has, like, since I've started this show, it's really restored my faith in humanity, you know, and that's what I want to see. I want to see people put down barriers and just be there for each other. So. Yeah, absolutely. So if I can support that in any way, you let me know. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. It's great to meet you. Great to meet you too. You have a great, great night. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.